Welcome to That Comic Smell Podcast. With your hosts, David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadaka, and Tom Stewart. And there's one thing, because it's a it's a big year this year in comics. Because okay. I was looking through who celebrates big anniversaries. Okay. So this year is the 60th anniversary of Asterix. <gasps> oh. Mm. Okay. The 80th anniversary of Batman. So is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the 90th. Anniversary of Tintin Ooh. and Popeye. And 90th is this month, isn't it, for Tintin? Uh, There's been a lot of people yes. celebrating it so yeah. far. Yeah. Oh my god. That's heavy. It's big. Yeah, that's really big. Do you know that Popeye was based on a real person? An American sailor who quite often spoke to himself and didn't <laughs> realise that people could hear him and he'd talk under his breath. Well, he had a habit of getting into fights, so uh, oh. amazing. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Oh, it's horrible. I had the flu. I had the flu. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I really did have the flu because when I went to get up. Yeah, that sounds like it. When I went to get up on the 27th, I couldn't stand properly. Oh, it was horrible. Remember, boys, always leave the spin in the, in the teacup. Oops, I put it on the wee ball. What? <laughs> that wee ball. I thought that was Yes, for this was the oh, okay. tea. Nah, it's just me that does that. What a bastard. You're right, though, because if you drop in the biscuit. Yeah, it does work for that. Yeah. And I often drop in the biscuit. Well, you can have any biscuits now. You're not going to put the cheese in it, are you? <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> Melt it. I would. Like oat cakes. Does anybody like oat cakes? Yeah, I love oat cakes. Love oat cakes. I eat oat cakes dry. Did anyone else bring uh, goodies that they got for Christmas? Yes. yes. Yep. yep. It's not just me yep. showing off. No, no, no. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm going to go with it. <laughs> oh, no, and if, not, I, if you'd all said no, we never did that, I would still do it. Eh? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I want to check it to see everybody's. Yeah, it's oh, great, isn't it? See, see, I did hold back because I got two Get Fuzzies and I got two uh, Aussie and Millies, but I just brought one. Oh, ah, yeah. So oh, I'm, no, I'm sure. pacing myself. Yeah, yeah. so you. Nah. I didn't bring up graphic novels, but. Just some miles. No, not at all. <laughs> not, not to mention, not to mention uh, a whole pile of socks with uh, superheroes on them. I got it all, even stuff that I bought off my Christmas money. It's there. It's right there. Well, as I was uh, saying mm. to Nando before uh, he showed up, I, uh, I put the call out to, um, to Twitter, just the usual kind of, we're meeting up, um, anyone got any questions, and surprisingly got quite a few, which mm. I wasn't expecting. Right. Some, uh, some... Some serious, some not so serious. <laughs> okay. Some good. really not so serious. Right. Sure. Okay. Right. First one comes from J. Paul Sheik. I'm going to say Sheik. It's S C H I E K. Sounds like Sheik or Sheik. But anyway, J. Paul Sheik at Starship Ronin76 says, What's your take on collecting Ashcan size comics? Hashtag asking for a friend. Mm. Now, I don't actually know what Ashcan size comics are. I hear that quite a lot. I hear the word yeah, Ashcan. Yeah, yeah. I hear like, oh, I've seen so and so is Ashcan. I'm like, mm. Ashcan. Yeah, they like little mini comics. Right. Did you say previews before? Uh, yeah, yeah. The ones I've seen, they're usually the like I've a, promo, well. a promo for right. another comic yeah. that's going to be coming out. Now maybe have like half the story in it. All right. Okay. The ones I've seen <laughs> has been that is, is yeah, as you say, Dave, it's an American yeah. and it's uh, black and white normally, yeah, or yeah. maybe it's not been inked, right. and it's in a smaller format, the paper mm. quality might be different as well, and just to give you a preview of what is coming, or yeah. what. All right, okay. That, that's my understanding of yeah. Ashcan. If that what you means for Ashcan, then, well, it's collectible. Yeah. yeah. It's a particular niche. Mm -hmm. It's true that I never really saw the point of them much. Yeah, no, yeah. it's not really. Do most of them end up being comics. Well, the ones I've seen, I mean, there's, there were some Hulk ones, one in particular I think of where the storyline was Rick Jones getting married to Marlowe. Mm. Well, yeah. the one that I've got. Uh, Marlowe. Yeah. yeah. And the exact one with that. Gary Frank. Yeah, it was a smaller, smaller version, the same thing. Okay. Except only half of it. And I, <coughs> excuse me, I remember getting it. And, but I didn't really know what it was for, you know. <laughs> it was just a promo thing, was it? Yeah, it's normally a promotional yeah, comic. Yeah. And the okay, they'll, they'll be... A, well, yeah. Do they still make them? Right. Occasionally, you come across something like that. Yeah. One of the latest ones I saw, and I got it for free, 
and the black hole in Dundee mm. was a DC young animal imprint. Oh, okay. They had a, mm -hmm. a small ash can with few pages of the series they were bringing out uh -huh. then, just two or three yeah. years ago yeah, when yeah, they yeah. started. Um, and I interviewed some text as well. Okay. And it's black and white, a small format. Mm. <coughs> one, and that's one of the latest I've seen. Okay. I don't particularly search for them, but that's uh, one of the latest. And I do still have it at home somewhere. I do have some. I remember now they came in the middle, the center of some established comics. Mm. And I've seen them. There was one of the Avengers, and it was like pencil sketches. It could be, I don't yeah. remember if there were speech bubbles, but it's like a preview, just like what was yeah, said. Normally, it's well, yeah. something that's coming out. Yeah. The curious thing of that, sometimes it could be a, you come across perhaps a series that then it never happened. Mm. And yeah. you may have the ask, and, mm. and it's a comic that's been published, right. or it's taken years to publish. Right. You know, that's, those probably are collectibles that yes. perhaps are set to. I hear a lot of people on like different uh, comics podcasts and that, they'll say that maybe their friends have passed a couple of ash cans onto yes. them of their comic. Mm -hmm. So it must be like an independent yeah. thing as well, like a, a small press. And we imagine so it would be also kind of, yeah, a way to promote your comic. Mm -hmm. So just a smaller format, black and white, cheaper to produce. Okay. Another uh, one I got around. was uh, 1963 in Alan Moore. Mm -hmm. I got an Ashcan of one of them. Mm -hmm. The Horus. We still got it? Yeah. yeah. I just put it, I tried to put them in with the. I put them in alongside the comic. The comic, well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's why I do now. Yeah. If I have any. Although they also sit along quite well with other mini comics, you know, small press things. Yeah. I've got a wee <coughs> shelf, all that stuff, and put them in there as well. Right, okay. Yeah. So, is there any value on collecting? Well, if you like them, yeah. If you like it, it's just what's your take on collecting them? Yeah, if you like them, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Why, why not? It's, a, it's a quite particular niche, but yeah. within the comic collecting, but yeah. And the artist as well might be important. True, the writer, true, true. Writer, yeah, all that's going to take consideration. Yeah. It makes me think of, like, uh, I was saying to you, David, when we were at Edinburgh, I, I usually get people's. Um, 24-hour comics, yes. if they've got them, and it's kind of like that in a way, because mm. that's just like a wee preview right. of what they can do kind yeah. of thing, because mm -hmm. they're just sort of smashing it out quite quickly, mm -hmm. and then they'll put it out, and it's just always these tiny wee things. Mm. I've got loads of them upstairs. Um, I do like getting out, so yeah, okay. Yeah, I wonder sense. what the questioners take on Ashcans is. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Why they're asking this. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Well, I'll have to ask yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you put hashtag asking for a friend, but... I'm a very yeah, funny humor. Okay. <laughs> a very, very close friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom Spark at Sparkface. Uh, that's uh, Tom Sparks, the guy that does um, Captain Fishbeard. Remember oh, yeah. He uh, mm -hmm. um, says, uh, What are your favourite aquatic based hilarious fishman comics? <laughs> Fish, please. <laughs> Fish, please. Fish, please. <laughs> No, of course it's uh, Captain. <laughs> yes, has to be. That's, that's a good. Outrageous, I say. <laughs> I want to be enlightened, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna hunt down some. Remember when we did the anime uh, chat? I brought it up on the on the, mm -hmm. the screen. It was the webcomic. It was the just like the, okay. the one page um, sort of pun. Right. I'm still going to hunt it down here. It's good. Um, well, it's funny, because when he said that, I thought, aquatic-based hilarious Fishman comics, and I thought, well, that 
That has to be his. <laughs> it has to be his, but at the same point, there's also that, that, particular, episode, that, that particular issue of um, uh, Justice League International where Aquaman, like, looking at them, being like, what, yeah. what, what are they doing? Yeah. I thought about that straight away, yeah. even though, like, obviously. That was excellent. That was good. <laughs> yeah. No, it was funny. Yeah. And just him sort of looking at That's them. That's all I took to watch, and it's like, oh, I did for real. Yeah. 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 Have you seen <laughs> Aquaman at the cinema? No. Oh, no, so I'm the only one. Very good. Yeah. It I is good. It. It's enjoyable. Nice. But as I said earlier, but is it funny? It's not as good as Spider Man. But is it it's funny? funny? It's funny. <laughs> it's is it hilarious? Is it hilarious? Well, is it an aquatic based hilarious fishman? <laughs> I'm afraid it's funny, but I don't know if it can be. It's the, not fishman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he can beat fishman in terms of humour. No. There's a few yeah. giggles in it, but no, nah, Fishman, even the title sounds... Well, Imperius Rex. <laughs> no, I do enjoy, I do enjoy uh, <laughs> Tom's uh, Camp Fish Beer. He, uh, he actually, David, David did really see me, he actually gave us uh, a copy of it to give away in that hamper that I did. He gave us a copy of the book to give away. Very so. good. Matt Garvey, um, creator of Devil in Disguise. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually another couple of ones that I uh, read recently I really enjoyed an award winner won the Pipe Dream Comics comic of the of 2018 nice Red Rocket Comic yeah that was pretty good uh, oh is that the one with the cosmonaut in space no that was Captain Cosmic oh, okay um, no but that was on like top 10 or something like that it was on like loads of top 10 lists um, yes <laughs> Question. <laughs> yeah, he asked, "Do I look sexy? Because I feel sexy." I can't see him. Mm, I've well, never seen him. There's actually a video of him walking down in just these scants down uh, London <laughs> High Street oh, uh, for a radio show a few years back. So I could get that up on the screen if you no. want to see him. <laughs> well, if you look sexy, well, if you feel sexy, you look sexy. That's right. Everybody's a sex symbol. Mm. Somebody. I said to him, it was the a main thing is how you feel. I said to him, it was a very yeah. loaded question. So, so if you feel, feel sexy, <laughs> if you feel sexy, well, that's you. That's a good answer. Yeah. So carry on. I think mm. if I think uh, <laughs> I think if you're dancing, you're mm. sexy. So just keep oh, dancing. Yeah. And your and sexy moves. Sexy. <laughs> sexy moves are important. Right. Well, that's serious stuff now. Well, that, ah, okay. that was the serious one. Oh, that was the serious one. <laughs> put a lot of thought into that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Comic Art Festival Podcast, the Lakes Comic Art Festival Podcast, that Comic Art Festival Pod, <coughs> says serious oh. one. Serious one, okay. This is how they started. So. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. How do you feel podcasts can improve upon helping comics creators in 2019 that we aren't doing now? No, that we are not doing now. Yeah, the obvious, the, the obvious thing that we'd be doing now is just speaking about the books in general. Yes, publicising the yeah, work. trying to share it as much as mm-hmm. possible on yeah. social media, etc. Um, advertising when their kickstarters go up and saying where they're going to appear and all this kind of stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. that goes mm-hmm. say. Like when we had, um, if we have someone who's been there, done that, and ask them how they did it. I think if you had someone like Dan McDade or, mm-hmm. um, or, or, or someone or Damon, uh, uh, <coughs> you, had, you had some guy like that on there and you say, well, right now you're able to like illustrate pretty big characters, 
but for the sake of our listeners, tell us a little bit about your early start. Did, did you walk into success or did you stumble along the way? And if you stumbled, how did you get over it? Okay, so maybe like trying to find out more of like the actual story of somebody who's yeah. saying it as opposed to just the work that they're doing at the minute or whatever. Yeah, and not just the artists, the, the writers as well, or people who, who ink or do other specialties. And it might be a bit hard trying to find people who will yeah, yeah. uh, like, talk about it, but I'm sure most folk will remember what they were like in the past and they'll be mm-hmm. like pretty happy to find out. Yeah. Even that's David, I mean... David does his own comics. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, the major thing is we just have to keep going and doing what we're doing. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're promoting new artists, new comics. Mm-hmm. Um, many artisan comics illustrators and edit um, publishers are sending us samples that we are reading, reviewing, sharing, giving information to everyone else. We are exchanging questions and, and information with other podcasts, podcasts mm-hmm. and podcasters as well. Um, so with I even try and we are creating a network mm-hmm. um, to promote comics mm-hmm. and I, I think that's the major thing here I just keep going with that passion and that work and never mm-hmm. kind of surrender on that um, if the artists publishers writers they want us to do something hey let us know yeah, yeah. because so. if you don't tell us you know there's only so much we can really do yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. a part of perhaps review, read your comics, and then give our opinion about it, and then recommend it or not. But that's the way I see it, really. Yeah. What you say, we already do, you know. Mm-hmm. We share online, we put it in social media, you know. Promote snacks as well. <laughs> yeah, well, that's by the by. Maybe, the, I don't know. The only... <laughs> but the remember, only that was a serious question. Mm-hmm. No jokes. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't a joke. You need sustenance while you're uh, working away. <laughs> The, the, only, the only extra thing that I could kind of think of is if um, we speak into different uh, creators, writers, artists, whatever, um, possibly even finding connections between them, um, maybe putting some in touch with other ones, but that's kind of hard, to be fair, if you're getting them on at different times, yeah. and people come and sit down and whatnot, but if you do see that there would be a connection even suggesting to them, like, or so-and-so has a, a, a kind of style or whatever that you would, I think you would like, maybe check them out or whatever, you know, that gets more collaborations on the go, but I don't know if that's... Dave, you are very quiet, and you are a comic creator, yeah. and you are a part of this podcast, mm. and you have visited cons, and you are part of a comic creator group in Dundee, yeah. Mike as well, yeah. from the point of view of us creating comics, <clears throat> what do you think we should do differently, or... How do you think podcasts could help? Oh, could help. It's an interesting question. I don't know that I've ever actively thought, you know, we're doing this to help people doing comics. So it's an interesting no. take on it. Um, and if, if I think about what I want from <coughs> podcasts, I want someone interesting to listen to, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I quite like the podcast Comic Books Are Burning in Hell. I don't know if you listen to mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. And they've just done a, another episode, and it's the first one they've done for ages. And I was listening, and they started talking about... They got really quite in-depth into, into what the comics are about. Not not like the plot, but just what they do, the effect they're having, how you read them. It was all quite... It was quite heady, mm-hmm. and it was quite quick. They were into it again. 
And I was kind of washing my dishes going, oh, I've missed this programme. Yeah. <laughs> but then that comes from, that's naturally evolved from the people doing that podcast and the way they want to talk, you mm-hmm. know. So I, I happen to like that. That might put somebody else off, you know, no yeah. one to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, yeah, other than publicising the books, talking about, I just think, keep doing more of what we're doing. I yeah. can't really think of anything. Just yeah, kind of make it interesting. Getting guests on more mm-hmm. is good as well. Mm-hmm. Speaking to creators as well. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know if I've got any great insights for that for that question. And I know it sounds really harsh, but at the end of the day we're just everyday folk like sure. anybody else. We've yeah. not got any extra insight as no, to this this, this 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 hobby, we, yeah. this this we just say what we think. Creative yeah. outlet that we enjoy, you know, yeah. yeah. We just we just sit down, read them and then spin mm. it off to each other. Well time, first you know. of all, fans. That's, yeah. That's the thing. Mm. And, and yeah, we're fans with the same affinity and the same mm. hobby. And I think just by sticking around doing the podcast. Staying consistent. Yeah, and, and it's also the same for people that make comics, you know. you if you just keep going. There's a certain momentum that, mm. you know, you do get a kind of grudging, not even grudging, but there is, uh, it's, it's got to be acknowledged, you know, yeah. mm. it's acknowledged. Yeah. These podcasts that have been going a few years now, you know, mm-hmm. you sort of, you know they're around, you kind of, not rely on them, but you go, well, there's another one of them, great, yeah. come on. So it all becomes a part of the landscape, you know. Yeah. It's all like the scene, the comic scene. Yeah. It's just, you know, the cons, the podcast, the the workshops or whatever. It's all part of part the scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. good. It's good, man. That was good. That was that was just horseshit. I thought. Sorry, that was a microphone failure. Yeah. Now, uh, two questions from uh, Dan Butcher. From he's uh, one of the one of the three hosts from Awesome Comics podcast as well mm. at Vanguard Comic. Uh, said first question: uh, What comic slash genre would you like to see in small press that currently isn't being catered to? Mm. Oh, I'm. As you probably guess, I'm a big fan of natural history and science. Yeah. And you don't, to me, you don't see enough actual science and geography and so so many things that you can actually teach in schools using comics, mm. uh, educational stuff using comics. Uh, it is there, but yeah. you really have to search for it. Uh, there's things like, not, not many people know about, say, the great bone wars between the two scientists, Charles Marsh and Edward Cope. Um, they fought each other quite violently with the people they hired in the Wild West in the late 1800s because they had a, a grudge and they had a, a, a contest to see who was going to name the most giant fossils, including lots of dinosaurs. A lot of the dinosaurs we know today are mostly thanks to them too. And uh, a while back... In the, in the early 90s, there was an educational magazine, and part of it was, it was different sort of genres inside it, uh, but part of it was comics of various stories, and they actually had a comic of the Great Bone Wars, right. and it was drawing sort of uh, like seriousness. If, if they took, it was like two pages per issue, yeah. but if you took all of them out and put them together, it'd come like a, a normal-sized comic. And it was just brilliant, because it, you immediately got 
interested in it, you could see instantly the, the emotion and these two friends, they, they got together, they had like common interests and they had, um, they had differences as well which seeped out every time they met each other. And then something happened, uh, one cop was deeply religious, Marsh wasn't. They saw um, uh, an animal you call Archaeopteryx, which is uh, often referred to as a halfway house between uh, uh, true dinosaurs and birds. And uh, Cope was shocked and went into a great depression when he saw this, and Marsh was like, yep, makes sense. <laughs> um, and also, uh, Cope invited Marsh over to his museum, and because these two were, they, they had, Cope had a very rich father, and Marsh had an extremely rich uncle. Mm -hmm. So they, they were loaded. So they could do all these sort of things. And uh, Cope visited Marsh, and uh, Cope, Marsh visited Cope in his museum, and went up to him and said, oh, that giant skeleton you've got mounted over there, the head is on the tail. <laughs> and and uh, they, a big argument started between them both, uh, no one agreed to lose, but then mysteriously later on that night, Cope went into the into the museum, <laughs> removed, yeah, took the head. And it was actually an animal very similar to what people believe the Loch Ness monster is. All right, but it was hilarious, and uh, there's so many odd stories. I mean, you could do a graphic novel, say Captain Scott and Ernest uh, Shackleton. Uh, you could do graphic novels of Darwin. You could do graphic novels of uh, Humboldt, the German explorer. So many things, and, and even uh, the space missions, and you don't see that many uh, actual comics on the actual space uh, missions with uh, the late Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins, so there's so many things that you could you could use, and if they put all that in the schools, I mean, mm -hmm. I know eventually kids will be like, no, I'm not doing that in school, but maybe to begin with, um, yeah. it might yeah. hit a few notes with, uh, with, with kids, and you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, doing these sort of things. It's it's, it's funny you mention that because it's it's uh, kind of kids that I think the small press scene are trying to hit a lot more these days as well, and I mm -hmm. think that would be a good that'd be a good shout, yeah. especially for like conventions and whatnot. You yeah, know, that's a wee day out for families and, and, and that as well. Not just so. that, if you see programs like how it's made, and you remember yeah. back to some of the old boys comics, so like mm -hmm. bits of it will be. Um, like you'll see uh, reprints in places like Dobby's in the book section in the garden centre, yeah. and you'll have like uh, like a few pages of like military fighting. And then there'll be a two-page <coughs> pullout in the middle of how a submarine works, <laughs> and it's uh, you know stuff like that. It's absolutely fantastic. They've got really good artists to like paint submarines, and it's like a split section, and you'll see like a plan, and you'll be like. I want to see more of this. Yeah, that, that used to be in the Eagle. All that yeah. Thing. Yeah. Which the uh, the split, which isn't happening anymore. Mm -hmm. so. You've got one of these. Should be cracking these out. <laughs> and you'd, be, you'd be the one that they're currently not being catered to. Any that you can think of, gents? No, I mean the educational field. That's probably one that could be quite interesting. Mm. Quite a lot of potential there, as Mike supposed there. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably a good one to go. Because really, in the, in the small press, you see everything, all kind of topics. Because mm -hmm. I've seen superheroes, I've seen, uh, oh, like... Dan does a superhero. Like, crime detective yeah. stories, uh, we've seen science fiction, mm -hmm. 
we've seen drama, we've seen autobiographical, bio, autobiographical, autobiographical. That was it. That was it. You know, we've, we've seen we've seen many things. So yeah, probably yeah. educational is a must have quite interesting field to go, and it's really big, as you said, Mike. So mm. yeah, in Japan they also do like comics for everyone. Yeah. Comics specializing in life as an elderly person. Comics for tennis players. Yeah, I mean comics for like children who aren't even at school yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, what Ah, uh, Grave and Ando. Yeah. There's loads of stuff. It's funny, one that I thought of that I, I, I don't personally think I've seen a lot of would be uh, uh, graphic representations of uh, poetry. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of that. I've seen people do poems and maybe do like stuff mm-hmm. going along with it, but I'd like to see more people actually taking well-known poetry and turning it into... Mm-hmm. Graphic yeah. displays, you know. Beowulf might be the exception, but other than that, <laughs> I just think it'd be interesting. Like, I'm not massively into poetry, but I have seen a couple that have been like that. I've never seen people do their own sort of small, uh, sort of zine sized ones or anything like that. I think it'd be something that would fit quite nicely, especially with the whole single page yeah. uh, thing that's going on just now, because you could have a single page that's got a, a paragraph. And then that's that paragraph illustrated on it or whatever, you know. I think a lot of the time the writing in comics is kind of like poetry. I feel like yeah. approaching it quite a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some comics I've done, <coughs> you just get some line and you go, oh, I like that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Remember that, that one about, just to talk about my comic for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yeah. there, was, uh, there was one that I did, Unexploded Grenade. And it was like four panels mm. of the grenade in the water. And I just had the picture of like the, the water and the grenade mm. in a row. Discarded at the cessation of hostilities. And I remember just writing that line and then stopping and going, shit, that's a good line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've done it. That's it. And I, I don't like poetry, but you know, poetry is about getting the, the great words in yeah. perfect order sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, and not too much going around it. I had a bit of that feeling when I did that. Saying less, but meaning more. Yes. Mm. Right. Well, his second question was, Mm. uh, do you feel the best comics are made in collaboration or by a single creator? Mm. Well, it can work either way, can't it? There's always a tension, isn't there, when there's two people on it? Mm. But then sometimes that makes it. So, uh, I'm I do the, tend to go towards single creators. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there. But, um, yeah. I'm definitely yeah. there. Most Japanese anime, uh, manga, is done by a writer and an author, artist, they're all one and the same. Yeah, right. But when you go to, like, production American comics, usually it's, always it's a, a team. team. Yeah, yeah, it's always a team. But when, I, it's, when it's when it's when it's sort of like bigger companies, it's usually mm-hmm. always a team. Um, but not well, lost. If we turn around that, if you look in Europe, mm-hmm. the most of the collections in Europe and albums in France, Belgium, many of them are collaboration between a writer and an illustrator. Yeah, it's just duos more than anything. Mm-hmm. There's not an actual whole team behind it. It's usually just duos, so. which is. You'll find that like right. one will do like the writing and the lettering, and the other ones will do like the, 
the pencils and the ink and the, the actual getting together of the book or whatever. So that's the... Yeah. I, I don't think there's one or the other. I like... I have comics I really like and it's made by one creator. I got comics done for, by two creators, you know, an illustrator mm. or, and, and a writer. I don't have a preference one or the other. The main thing for me is do I like the comic? Is yeah. it enjoyable? Is it a good comic or no? I mean, you know. Being a and to me, it's kind of, is this worth it to be in my collection? As a collector. Yeah, as a collector. Yeah, totally. Yes, so yeah, so. But the main thing is, do I enjoy it? Yes, no. That's, that's, yeah. that's the main thing. Whether it's one or two or three people, I really don't care. So to me, there's no one or the other. There's no better or worse. Personally, I think I'm only saying I gravitate towards single ones because I've been because I because I've been delving more into like the small press scene and a lot mm -hmm. of them are sort of individual yeah. creators. So yeah. like that's the only reason I'm saying that. But yeah, yeah otherwise it's it, yeah I'm with you on that definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last one. Uh, is from Russell Mark Olson at Russell underscore M underscore Olson says how are readers getting their comics floppies at the comic book shop trades in bookshops kickstarter digital nowadays how, how are readers <clears throat> how are I readers getting their comics in all of those ways <laughs> <laughs> do you think do you think people are buying floppies at Oh, sure, sure, yeah. There's still, there's, there's still, there's still people buying floppies. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think it's more, less and less. Yeah, and more and more each day I hear people saying that they've not got a pool list anymore and right. that they're just buying the trades. Yeah. And they're buying more trades, and, mm. but there's still people buying floppies. Yeah. I think Kickstarter's on the rise, big time. Yeah, there's so many, many a lot of people doing Kickstarters. Even the big companies are taking a Kickstarter now. Not yeah. just me ones. And as soon as they start going on, you can see like DC and Marvel kind of having a wee sniff. Like, what is this all about? They've not done it yet, I don't think, but I could see them definitely delving into it at some point or another. You know, they just give away a bunch of freebies and stuff that they don't want. The, the, the major issue with the, book, you know I mean? with the floppies is, I mean, and it's just victim of your own success of you're trying to promote comics and years ago you're starting to collect and put them in trades to try to reach other audiences yeah. and yes that was good because you're reaching and expanding but then you're reaching a point where the collectors they are just decide well I'm just gonna go and, get and wait for the trade paper. Yeah. Yeah. They might buy the first one if they like it or they might be able to get a, a free issue online sometimes they do promotions or Oh, you get an Ashcan copy. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's kind of, in a way, part of it. You have that mm -hmm. uh, part of it. And there's less and less, but there's still, there's still floppies available. Yeah, I mean, Maryland, they're churning the market with that. But I have a critique with the major publishers: is they're publishing so much stuff, which is very, very similar. Yeah. yeah, different creators, different artists, and they have maybe maybe they have a slightly different views. But I just wonder sometimes would it be better if you reduce the number of collections and have better people working at them 
and produce something that is less mediocre and actually more quality? Yeah. Would that be more successful? I don't know. Japan has the formula. Mm. They do yeah. cheap. Bang and cheap. Really, really cheap disposable comics. Mm. It's, and if something is successful, then eventually yeah. for collectors you mm -hmm. have a hardback, colored, yeah. in, yeah. more expensive, yeah. available. Mm. But if not, it's just cheap, disposable yeah. comic, and it's churned out every week. It's, bah, bah, bah. Funny you say that. It's a different market, it's a different culture, but certainly from that point of view, still mm. going on strong. Yeah. I'm afraid Dundee has one less way of buying comics now, seeing as the Ahoy comics is now closed. Tomorrow's it's, tomorrow is its last day. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Lots of stuff on sale, uh, uh, like half price stuff now. Um, as far as um, digital is concerned, though, I think it's a lot. Of, there's a lot of things on the rise, like uh, Comicsology Unlimited and uh, like Comic House now for like the small press yeah. slot and that as well. There's a lot of things coming up. Just yeah. slowly but surely with things like that that make digital a wee bit more accessible, like just just like a kind of kind of like an on-demand like Netflix or an Amazon Prime kind of yeah. approach to it, where you just pay a subscription a month and then you've got an unlimited access to all these different comics, which makes it so much easier for people to get. But it's funny you mentioned the thing about the floppies because I went in to Forbidden Planet with a friend of mine who's like kind of he's got like a a base level interest in, in comics. He likes like Spider-Man and stuff like that. Um, but he went in and sort of looked at the wall of all the the floppy comics and just kind of went, they all look kind of the same. And I went, yeah, he goes, is this all like Marvel and DC? I'm like, no, no, no. There's, you know, there's Image there, there's Dark Horse there, blah, yeah. blah. And he's going, all right, how are you meant to tell? I'm like, <laughs> you know. And, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, there you are. When you get that outside perspective where he's looking at it and going, what the fuck? And then he goes to pick up one and sees the price and goes, oh, fuck that. And mm -hmm. puts it back and goes, oh, I could buy a fucking big one for that. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's getting that outside perspective that you just kind of go, fuck, hell. Like, that's, that's heartbreaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going into that, <laughs> there's, there's been a, a controversy recently in the States and DC brought out uh, a, a specific edition of comics where they, they reprint some stories of comics that were available recently yeah. into a, a thicker comic mm -hmm. and a very small price, mm -hmm. very accessible, with extra stories. Uh, and that was brought out for Walmart in, in the supermarket mm -hmm. chain in the United States. Um, so there was a lot of controversy initially because a lot of the comic book shops said, well, what's going on? So now... We are buying. We are paying money to sell the comics, and suddenly now the supermarket get a specific edition of maybe those comics that were published a few months ago, all together in one big comic, a mm -hmm. magazine with extra stories. So there was a lot of things going on. So I don't know if that's still going on or not. Well, there's. Um, I think it's. Was it was DC. Yeah, it was Titan that were producing them across in the UK, wasn't it? The DC. Titan is the, is the publisher of uh, DC Comics. Yeah, well, they've stopped in them in the UK. Half a stop. Yeah, completely. They've stopped those that you're talking about as well. Yeah. And they stopped as well, they yeah, Walmart. They've stopped them. Yeah. That's the that's it finished now. Right. And is that it. like the combined ones? So yeah, the ones that you were able to buy in. Like Nisa and stuff like that. And then. And, and, and those. Yeah, and all that. Yeah. 
the que the question that came up in the past month has been who's going to reprint DC Comics in the UK because now yeah. there is no DC Comics in the UK. No, that's right. Because <laughs> I've been very lucky to manage to get the last, I got the 80th anniversary of Superman. Mm -hmm. I managed to get it which is made. They're quite nice because you got also the extra covers and then... Well, you gave me a good number of Batmans a while back. Yeah, and then I got the, la the one, the two issues that come... I think it's the first six issues of the new Superman by Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. I haven't read them yet, but I managed to get them. Yeah. So yeah, there's no more. No, that's it. <sighs> you pulled out their deal. It's better. That's yeah. another furniture <laughs> that, you know. I used to buy every now and then. I used to get Batman's and, yep. and Superman every now and then. It, you know. Yep. And that's it. It's gone. But there you go. That was, uh, that was all the questions from everybody. Okay, thank you very much. There's some serious ones there. Speaking of Kickstarter, by the way, just so I mentioned to you guys quickly, um, Alan's doing a new book, uh, Tension, <coughs> Penguin. Uh, Tension. It met its uh, it met its goal in an hour. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, in fairness, he was only asking for 300 quid. Still. But, yeah, he hit That's 300 good. quid in an hour. Well done, Alan. Yeah. Good luck. Um, so now he's at the point where he's like... Hopefully we get all the stretch goals and everybody yeah. who's buying a physical copy will get loads of prints and stuff as well. So there you Ooh. go. Yeah. Excellent. So what's next? Uh, do you want to show off or do you want to delve into some Bronze Age? Right. So we do the show off quickly and then yeah, the Bronze we'll show Age. Off quickly. Okay. I'll right. start. <laughs> I'm gonna get a couple I'll of show off you show off because I've seen most of yours. Uh, just a, a brother selection. Okay. So I've got this, oh, which is oh. the Marvel uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens comic adaptation of the nice, film. Nice. In uh, a hardback edition that I actually, I was quite surprised, actually quite taken by it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. <coughs> I bought really it nice. as, when, as issues when it yeah. came out. Really nice. Uh, nice uh, done, yeah. yeah, it was nicely done. Yeah. It kind of remind me of the old adaptations of the old films in a way. Yes. It was that sort of feeling of, and I thought, yeah, that's yeah, it's yeah, nice. Nice space. And I, I think quite like it that it was in a hardback. I enjoyed that too. Mm -hmm. I don't normally buy hardbacks, but that one it was very reasonable in price. If you put number one last year in Glasgow, didn't you? Yes, I think I did. Yeah. I'm going, uh, I'll get that or something. I'm going, yeah. It was another, like, so, yeah. discount. I really enjoy that. I think so. I remember that they show you... Who's the silver stormtrooper again? Oh, the... Phasma. Phasma, yes, Phasma. The, the, <coughs> the bit where... I think in the film, in the film he says something it's like, has this place got a trash compactor? And, oh, yeah. yeah. And, and here you see her falling into yes, it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes, yeah. <Yes. coughs> That's nice, that nice one. book, yeah. yeah. That's mm. another Christmas present. So good. Nice. Which I read when yeah, Angus Library is going. Yeah. Um, Dave Gibbons. But that's very enjoyable uh, because that was that contains the first Green Lantern comics I read. Oh, mm. really? That's when you were reading it? First? First ones I read. First Green Lantern comics I read were wow. those ones. Um, so, Dave Gibbons. Yes. So there's certain scenes I particularly remember when I saw the panels and mm. I thought I remember this yes. in particular. Oh yeah. I remember the demolition team. 
I remember the the predator. Yes, that that. Oh yeah. It's embedded. This panel, I thought, wow. Yeah, that, yeah. So thank you, Dave Gibbons. Nice one, Dave. Mm. Printing my memory. Dave does it again. Yeah, it does. So, so yeah, it's really nice. It's a nice, it's a nice collection. I know there's an next one as well. Yeah, so, yes. That's, a, that's another one. I said volume two when Dennis, uh, Johnny Stewart. Mm -hmm. takes, that's right. Takes the the new stuff. Um, or is it still it's still it's still, it's still, still there. That's a nice. One. I actually um, going back to your Force Awakens. Yeah. I, I read the Last Jedi comics, mm -hmm. and I was actually able to just enjoy that a bit more because it was just like some comic, you know. Instead, of, I wasn't feeling like this was the new Star Wars film. Right. It was just some Star Wars comic I was reading, you know. So I was able to escape sure I into it myself for that. I know. I know, I'm sorry to bring that up, but... The episode 7, yes, I really like. Rogue yes. One as well. Even Solo, I've enjoyed it. I watched that last week, for the first time. I watched Solo and I enjoyed it. I thought, yeah, that's, 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 yeah. that's fine, it's good. Yeah, it's a pity it came I watched it with mine, I watched it with my son. And we sat Did you down like and, it? Yeah, because yeah, 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 actually that, that, was, that was really good. That was yeah, funny yeah. and it was things about the old films, yeah. He, mm -hmm. he enjoyed it too. Good. So that was to me is a good reference, so yeah. Anyway, good, yeah. And, and now, Tom and ah, Baltas, mm. The Vision. The Vision, yes. Uh, the two volumes, the 12 issues. Um, okay. That is really, really good. Is that, is that, that complete 12 That's, issues? Yeah. yeah. They should have done one book, eh? They, well, they've done the floppies, they've done this, yes, and I now know. I know that, I know there's a hard Cover right. edition with everything in but all together is, in a big book. This is nice, though, eh? Okay. Is that your lot? Yes. And the Stranger Things book. Oh, the, the, TV. the TV series, yeah. Oh. That was quite good, actually. Oh. Right, Dave. Sure. Yes, Dave. okay. Come on, sure. sure. You want to, you can't wait. I've got some stuff here. Oh, Giuseppe says he's got it, by the way. Uh, say hi to Lawrence. He's got it. He's sick as hi, Giuseppe. Take care. Happy New Year. Go oh, bed. Yeah, the comic. Oh. Yeah. <coughs> this one you've seen because. <sighs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Finally got it. The demon. The demon by Jack Kirby. Because I have a Wonderful. couple of issues I'm, of this. I'm feeling like such a role model at the moment. <laughs> well, yeah. looking through. You were the first you one. You brought that in. I was looking. And then going, the second, oh, and then. You've got to get this one. Like, like when you see the the, the scene where uh, Jason Blood walks into a pub, and yes. like every other picture, it's absolutely epic. No battles or nothing, but you're like, whoa. It's just almost too much. Best. You know, you just I, I just open it and I, I just look at the panel and go, oh, for God's sake, <laughs> <laughs> you know. He's looking in the mirror there. Oh, it's just too much. Every, you know, oh, I don't need to tell you. Mm. I'm going to lose it on camera. The king. The king. Lose it indeed. So, can't wait to read that. It's really good. You're going to enjoy it and you're going to read it again. I've read the, the odd issue of it. Chunky. You know. Big bad boy. This one is, that one's in colour. Yeah. Oh, just. No, this one as well. <laughs> Yes. The Incal. The Incal by <gasps> This, I told you, I have the little paperback uh, 
untranslated one, but I just thought, oh, I've got to read this, it's so good in English. And it does look great, bigger yes. than the little one. Because the, the one I've got, they've actually did things like cut the mm -hmm. panels and yeah, half I know and which put one it on. Yeah. yeah, but this this is just tremendous. That's, that's the edition I have in this oh, yeah. It's so sweet. It's, it's wonderful. It's just beyond, is it? It's, that's a masterwork. Yes, it is. So, so these two are winners mm. so far. <laughs> More than winners, mate. More yeah. than winners. More than winners. <sighs> Look at that. Oh, it's unreal. <sighs> That's just. Do you know? I just love. I know Kirby's dialogue is clunky. It is, but I just love it, especially with a character like. But it works the demon. on that. It works on the. Yeah, comic. it's the way. It's like he shouts things. There's one panel at the start of that, and he's shouting Edrigan. Again, he's shoved his own, and it's the intense, his face, yeah. it's just the power. Yeah, it just works. I'm preaching to the converted, yeah. but I'm enjoying it. He just, I just love that. Uh, it, it, it was listening to somebody talking about it, and it's just the fact that they say, like, he just doesn't even miss a single detail yeah. at all. He's just like, you want 12 horses? You'll have 15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Okay, let's start. It's just good. It's just a okay. cake. Beautiful. Now this one, <coughs> Soldier's Heart, Carol Tyler. Ooh. You remember Carol Tyler with the job thing? But this is all about her dad. You know, her dad was in the in the war. And so it's, he's in the war and it's her relationship with him. <coughs> and it's just really fantastic, you know. She's, she's a really good writer. Dead funny, dead emotional. Ooh. And it's just so well done. Oh my god! Like, mm. I've, I've, I don't know what to spoil this because I've only read mm. so much at the start. That's, that's a beautiful size. Oh yeah. She's actually done a newer book. She's just done one about the Beatles as well. Mm. Huh. About going to see the Beatles when she was a teenager. So it's all quite personal stuff yeah, she does, but good. very funny, very affecting. That looks really good. Yeah. That looks really good. Dave. I've been loving this. That looks amazing. No wonder. She's she's great. You know. She's definitely she's one of these people. What's Carol Tyler doing? Let's have a look. Oh yeah, I'll get that. You know, mind if I take a photo of the cover? I know something that'll be yeah pretty interested in absolutely. This. I thought you were going to say, "Never mind if I can read it." And I was going to say, "No." Because <laughs> I'm, right, I'm right in the middle. Do you mind if I can fuck off? Do you mind if I? No, you're not doing it. Yeah, I'll do it. Stop it. But that I can't wait to get through that. I'm sure that'll be great. Maybe it'll take a turn and turn into shit. And turn <laughs> I, I doubt it highly. I very much doubt it. Oh, yes. Look at this thing. Wow. Beautiful. My next one is. Oh! Doctor Strange. Stanley Steve Ditko. Is that a turn? By the eye of Agamotto. Do you know, a lot, of, a, a lot of these were like things I've got issues of here and there, and I just finally thought, I just want to read, you know. A chunk. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful, Ditko. Oh. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Was that a crack of a spine that mm -hmm. Yes. I know. I got scared there. I didn't like that. <laughs> really? I like to keep them. I love that feeling. You know, you open it and it's not mm. quite... Yeah. 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 True. I, I, I try yeah. to keep that. I always keep <coughs> that. Yeah. I mean, it, it always goes on a bit. But yeah. So this is so good, eh? Ditko. This, this is beyond comprehension as well. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anybody came up with this. <laughs> ah, but there it is, and that f the famous panel of a um, he's at the crossroads, eh? he's at the in, in the other dimension. Oh, some great. 
Sopranos. And that, cause that's that's the series, Strange Tales, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah that one there. Oh yes. That. Yeah. And this is one of the issues I got, and it was maybe it was Strange Tales. It was reprinting it all. Later on, mm-hmm. it wasn't in the sixties issues I had. Yeah, but the original series was Strange Tales, and then later, or so pro- yeah, because then it was Nick Fury. Yeah. That was share magazine with um, yeah, Doctor Strange. Videos on the cover. Oh, right, there you are. So Sweet. later on, maybe seventies, eighties, is when I got an issues of, of mm-hmm. uh, and I had this. But these are sixties, and here we are. Late sixties, early. And that again 70s. is these British. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, perfect. By that, that was like eight, nine quid. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I've seen the same comics in a like American edition, and they're all like forty. Yeah. 40. I'm reading the Beta Ray Bill version of this, but it's got like the first two out of the Walter Simonson yeah. uh, stories, but they've been recolored. Ah. So it's not the same uh, as mm. the proper ones that I've got. Right. I don't know about the colouring on. Of that looks thing. like it's the original colouring. Yeah. It's, it's uh, quite solid, kind of. Yeah. Layers, which is good. I like that. I, I'd expect to see that in the original comic. That looks tremendous, doesn't it? Okay, I've got one more thing here that I brought. And it's uh, it's an oldie. <gasps> no. From 1982. Way you got that. Yeah, Blade Runner Annual. 1982. So is that the comic? Yeah. Here we go. You want to have a wee? Oh my god. <laughs> it's very nice, and it's the it's the best print I know I've ever seen. The quality on these pages, the print, it's beautiful. Now this is an old book from 1982, and this this annual I always heard about this annual. It's it's quite rare to get a hold of this. Yes. Mm. I think because they made a bunch of them, the film came out <coughs> totally bombed, the film, and then and then these never sold. And so they all just got, and then the, the cult status. And so it kind of got towards Christmas, you know, and it was like, I'm going to. You know, I was buying, I was getting these, you know, because, and I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to get this. I thought, I'll go as high as 20 quid. And I went, I think, but for more than that. Really? But I thought, Nice. Because it's always tempted me, this Blade Runner annual. And I thought, and what better year to get it than 2019? Yeah, true. But this is is happening now. This is happening now. This is not the future anymore. So so I love the comic, as you know. I've mentioned it before. Mm. Beautiful. Oh, yes. It's really clear print. Yes. It's, there's no bleeding of the colours under the no. black. You know, like you get... Mm. I mean, the okay, comic sure itself yeah. is ridiculous. And uh, anyway, great stuff. Yes. Just like it's not even here. <laughs> and uh, you know, it was only the two issues, the, the yeah, adaptation. Right. And so there's th- these annuals were always 64 pages. So they added some extras. Yeah, so there's extra stuff mm. of the. Uh, oh, look, Sean Young, mm. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot reproduce what with Dave a, just done there. Yeah? With the music, <coughs> the music and the photo. It was sexy. Yeah, it felt sexy. It felt sexy. It looked sexy. I felt we needed that music. Right that was yeah. Good. And there's all the cast. Wow. And then they've got different photos. 
It's a, it's a lovely wee book, I've got to say. I'm really chuffed with it. And, uh, and then the greatest thing was at the, <coughs> at the end, mm. behind the comics adaptation. Oh, wow. And there's bits here, and there's a wee photo here of Archie Goodwin, mm. Al Williamson, and Carlos Garzon, the three of them in the office, working on it. And I thought, oh, that's a bonus, that's great. That is a bonus. Anyway, terrific. I was pleased to get that. Mm. So that's me done my showing off. I did get more stuff that was nice as well. Oh, he's even got the owl. Well, especially the rest of you guys, I think he's won. No, yeah, I've not read them, but I'm going to look through You've won. John Tucker. In my opinion, that's it. That is just... Yeah. I mean, that... That was... Showing off you. I got that. My mum went, how can you get a Blade Runner annual? And I was like, that's 30 odd years old, you know. <laughs> but the, look at that. That's great. You know that, thank you, the uh, the Blade Runner thank comic you. is what got me into the film. Mm. Yeah, I should have told you that yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the, the comic. And then I didn't, we didn't have a VHS video player at the time, so I went and got the book, the novel. Mm. So I was working my way towards the film, you know. And at that time, you could never get the the soundtrack. If you went to buy the soundtrack, it was like music from Blade Runner by Vangelis performed by the Los Angeles oh, Philharmonic right. Orchestra or something. And I remember looking on orchestra, no, no, no. No one that. It had to be the synthesizers and all that. Yeah. Van Gelis kind of music, you know. I had read bits of this comic because they, they put it into Return of the Jedi weekly. You know, mm. you got like four or five pages every week. So I had all the bits of it. I didn't yeah. have the whole adaptation. And that's got their uh, narration by Deckard. <clears throat> and I remember actually watching the film and being disappointed that the narration was different than what was in the comic because <laughs> I was used to that. Yeah. I see. It's got that... That's a great it's end. Got the, yeah, the bit that they they, they changed the original um, when they showed the original. Like there's four different versions. Now. Yeah, well, this, like is, this is the happy ending one when they've yeah. gone out into the woods. I like that. <laughs> Actually, it's dead funny. When I put it on on Monday, it's got it's got the, the five different versions and it's got introduction by Ridley Scott. And Ridley Scott's like sitting there and then before it comes on, he's like, and this is the theatrical version that was out in cinemas and then videotape in the 80s and lots of people got into it with this that version. And he said, this isn't my preferred version, but I know it's got fans, so I hope you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know Ridley Scott, he's just totally dead yeah. man, just like, yeah, here it is, okay. Oh, you enjoyed it. It was cool. I liked it. Even, he wrote a bit and it was like, my intention, <coughs> is, my intention is that... Uh, you get the film in the version you want, you know. So you put all the versions in this box set, you know. He's obviously learned from George Lucas. Yeah. Changing Star Wars and then denying people older versions, you know. He's like, no, sell them everything. You can tell he liked, uh, you know, Mobius. And yes. Because his yes. art style is quite like him. Yes. Yes, well. that, that is a big influence for him. Yeah. So. Right. So it's, uh, my turn to make you guys jealous. <laughs> yeah. I went to... Uh, a talk at Blackness Library, filled in a questionnaire, and they gave me a £20 gift voucher from Watson's a few days afterwards. What? Yep. So with that... You just threw that story in? Yep. Well, thanks thing. very much. Okay, what? bye. Next time. We don't have to have that. So, with that, well done, I bought this. Uh, Batman 
Uh, yep, it's uh, focusing on the penguin. Oh, it's perfect. a collective of uh, several of his best stories where the penguin is the main character. Mm. And uh, quite a devious one at that. I've got some of these sort of separate, but this one had a few stories I was really wanting to, to read. So, um, it's our favourite gentleman of crime. Nice. Nice mix of mm -hmm. stuff there. And I bought, with the same voucher, which you guys really are jealous of, I bought this. Uh, Dragon Ball, the time I got reincarnated as Yamcha. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to kill you now. <laughs> so, um, you can only really enjoy this if you're a Dragon Ball fan, because you won't know the sort of in-jokes behind Yamcha. I had to look at it like, oh, yeah. it was quite funny, some he's, of the bits. He's become more of a punch bag. Uh, yeah. Uh, in later years, even though if he was put, transported in the Marvel or DC universe, he'd be one of the strongest yeah. by far. But characters in Dragon Ball tend to be really super powered, and uh, uh, he fell behind. And this kid, who's a Dragon Ball Z fan, ended up dying and getting transported in Yamcha's body. Wakes up in the, in the beginning of the the franchise, so he knows what to do. He trains, and it's a bit of a bit of jolly fun. And you find out afterward how this has all happened. But I'm not going to spoil anything. One Punch Man. Yep. Thanking you very much. Here we I've go. got I've got the other volume which I'm still One to read. But this one is fun. This is pretty funny because it's you talk about super powered heroes in Dragon Ball. This guy can kill anyone with one punch, which makes him extremely bored. So he's spending his time going. Ah, I've beaten him once again with just one punch. But it's, all, it's like a conspiracy, there's all these monsters are appearing out of nowhere, and he's got this cyborg who, who he saves, and he's like, wow, I want you to be my master, my sensei. The That's artwork's it. fantastic, and... Uh, the, anime, the anime is funny as anything, I've been, really? I've been watching it recently. Yeah. It's just him, like everybody else in the universe has taken it so seriously, and they're like <laughs> proper manga all about it, with the hair and everything, and they're going all mm. mad. Whereas he's completely bald and he just kind of mm -hmm. pops up in amongst all of it and just goes, what are you up to? Right. And like they all start like having these big long dialogues at each mm -hmm. other and you will be broken in half, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And he just goes, yeah. all right. Like just kind of goes along with it and then just goes, like they'll say to him like, coming at you with fire punch or whatever. And he goes, one normal hit. And the guy will just explode. And then he goes, well. And he's keeping this expression. Yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. time. Yeah. He's just kind of like... Oh well, noodles. <laughs> Here we go again. Damn it! So good. One punch again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. That's he's, good. Yeah. He's got like a whole bit where he has this like. There's one of them where he, he he envisions this whole battle in his head where he's actually getting beaten. He's like, oh my god, this is amazing, and then he he goes to go hub the battle. And he goes down and he, he gets all psyched up and he punches the guy and he completely explodes and his whole rest of his crew just bolt and run away <laughs> and he just says like, No! <laughs> Standing there like, Why? <laughs> so bored. This, this looks really good. Yeah. Uh, so Some, much effort's been put in. He's drew nipples on him yeah. with a permanent marker. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's so angry. <laughs> And that's what else do you have there, Mike? This one is Get Fuzzy. I, I went to the States back in uh, 2003 yeah. and I saw this on uh, a newspaper. It's quite popular. Yeah. yeah. And since then, I've been, whenever I can, when Borders was open, 
we I used to buy these from Borders because they had bought books that you didn't usually get in Watersons. Uh, now I'd have to like, like I dare admit I have to get these on the internet. But when I do, they're really funny. It's like um, it's like a step up from from Garfield, say, where the pet owner can understand the pets and vice versa. They speak. But it's a good laugh. I got two of the Get Fuzzy volumes. The opening panels is good. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is... The, do you smell something? Yeah. The dog goes, like 800 things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. Well, the dog, Satchel, he's like uh, a really friendly dog, but as Bucky, the Siamese cat, he's a complete bastard. He's he's vicious, he'll bite. He's got one, one uh, canine left. Because uh, he always gets into these fights. His ears are always sort of held back like a cat would if it was angry. So it's very rarely you see him in a sort of nice nice mood. He's, he's quite vicious. Um, this one here started off as um, a webcomic. This is Ozzy and Millie by uh, Dana, Dana Simpson. Oh yeah, and uh, Get Fuzzies by uh, Darby Connolly. <coughs> but um, this one here, I, I really enjoyed it. I only discovered this like a uh, couple of months ago, and uh, I went and found out that there's combined. Uh, yeah, it's been going on for about like nineteen nineties. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I've just got into it now, and I found it really enjoyable, very pleasant. Uh, the other one I've got's uh, a little bit sort of taller than this size, and it's uh, black and white. But this is a color one, and it's like. Uh, it focuses around two foxes. Uh, Aussie was meant to be a wolf to begin with until someone said he's like a good marker for uh, an arctic fox. And Millie's your typical red fox. And uh, <coughs> the, the funny thing is, it's like there's <coughs> background characters like uh, the dragon who adopted Aussie. And uh, uh, Millie's mum had an encounter <coughs> years back with a... Uh, with a pirate fox, Captain Locke, who, who comes from a dimension where you, you start off old and you get young. Uh, so there's all sorts of wee twists in there. It's definitely worth, uh, worth having a, a wee look. But the other, the other comics I've got are for the Bronze Age. Good. Uh, yeah. Right. So, what have you got to show off? Just a couple. Just a couple. Uh, Bam! <laughs> I got um, on a sunbeam, mm. Tilly Walden. Mm -hmm. uh, this was her webcomic that's been put all into one big collection. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a chunky little boy. This is one of the newer ones from Avery Hill. I got it as part of a three pack actually. Um, should get three of them together. There we go. Um, I just love Tilly's visuals. I'm only about halfway through this actually, so. I can't really go any further or yes. ruin it and make sure like yourself. But I do love Tilly's visuals, they're just absolutely incredible. And there's a couple of sort of splash pages in this that are just kind of surreal, sort of star-like. Yeah. There's a lot of like particles in the air and whatnot. And just really nice. I do like Tilly's work and she 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 writes a really nice character-based stories and whatnot, so you really get into it. This one's kind of delving into like the past of one of the characters that are helping in like a space age sort of restoration pro project with a team of other young 
young women and whatnot. Nice. The usual telly style, it'll, it, it kind of has a narrative that seems like it's based in reality, mm. but has these weird kind of aspects to it as well, like the end of summer where it had a yeah. giant cat. Yes. But it was like royalty in, in, a, in a almost like kind of setting where they're, they're trapped in the snow and whatnot for so many months or whatever. Yeah. It's that kind of same thing of like, it's, it's all set out in space, sort of. Mm. And there's these weird kind of fish spacey, spaceship things and whatnot, but the rest of it seems very much just like it's like a private school setting and, mm-hmm. and just like a, a building site and stuff like that, you know. So there is like grounded reality stuff in it, right. but there's also these weird kind of space age visuals passing them right. Is that a Kickstarter thing as well, was it? No, 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 this was an Avery Hill. That's Avery Hill. Yeah, Avery Hill uh, published wow. thing, yeah. Big hardback book from <coughs> yep. Avery Hill. Another big hardback book, and my book of last year. Mm. Follow me in by Kat Chapman. Oh. Uh, I think we went over this before. Mm-hmm. It comes actually. It comes with some really nice postcards. Yeah. Some of the travels through Mexico. Mexico. Yeah. Yep. So it comes with some really nice wee mm-hmm. visual postcards. Yeah. Which I like I like Katrina's uh, style, yeah. for, uh, which I, I actually find out is all digital. Mm. I didn't think that was digital. I thought it was all penciled out and, yeah. and whatnot. I think she maybe does pencil it and then take it in, but I'm not, too, I'm not entirely sure. But it's apparently all digital. Mm. Yeah, because you can draw on it and it looks like pencil. Yeah, it's out yeah. On the screen now. I absolutely adore this. The, That's a nice. The way style. that yeah, the way that it explains a lot about Mexico and. And uh, the way in which she's chosen to tell the story of her travels through Mexico, I mean, that's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, her travels through Mexico with having her own personal problems, but that doesn't impede on the fact that she's giving you proper history and mm-hmm. and facts on on Mexico. It's just that like these pages really take you through like the history of parts of it and what yeah. rallies are and. Mm-hmm. Uh, like certain areas in Mexico and whatnot, she marks them on the map and stuff like that. That's really nice, absolutely beautiful. Good, but yeah, really enjoy that. Uh, then there was retrograde orbit, these three all came as part of a pack that came with a big plate as well. <laughs> they all came with an extra wee print of some sort, number 8100. Uh, retrograde orbit, a story of a a girl who's basically trying to find out who she is in this world, but it's in a sort of space-agey science fiction sort of world mm-hmm. as well. I just love these sort of different one-toned pages. Just yeah, very very um, Daniel Klaus Ghost World sort of thing. Yeah. And they change. I think it changes the mood of the pages as well. It starts off very light and starts to go a bit darker as it goes on and then... Oh, turns out red right. and whatnot. It kind of depicts the different places and whatnot as well. So yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my mum very kindly got me Paper Girls number one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was really enjoying that. Uh, I think I got through. I think the first three volumes or something before I, I kind of fell off. So this is me now actually, finally getting them in physical. So, and I can't wait to actually make up the picture. 
Because apparently it makes up it makes up a nice big picture when you put them all together. So. Very good. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed that story. Nice sci-fi story. Uh, kind of weird sort of Stranger Things vibe going on about this as well. But I'm not a fan of Stranger Things, but I do really enjoy this. I don't know if it's just because it's it is what it is. Brilliant. There's just a slight different spin on that. The Stranger Things doesn't have. Yeah, so, Paper Girls. Uh, it's funny you were mentioning about scientific comics mm. because I got science ah. comics. Ah, dogs. Remember, I got the one with dinosaurs. Yes, there's also bats, there's skyscrapers, <laughs> there's aquatic animals, there's everything. Mm. Uh, I really enjoy these. <laughs> the, I think I enjoy the size and the fact that they're. It's mm. a nice size for kids to kind of shove in a backpack or whatever, yeah. and they're you know floppy sizes. <coughs> They've got a nice sort of cartoony style to them, which is lovely. But it's very factual, and yet it's mm. it's it's very playful and whatnot as well. But yeah, um, but you know, I've not I've only read I've only yeah I've only read the first kind of couple of pages of this, but I think this is going to be this is going to be great. Ah, there's some on the back. Uh, Science comics: mm. coral reefs, dinosaurs, volcanoes, yeah. bats, flying machines, plagues. Plagues. Yeah, and and <laughs> more coming soon. But there is actually there is actually more, because I saw one today as well that said that there's uh, there's skyscrapers apparently. Did you? Well, I got mine from the a wee shop in Edinburgh near the sort of new age style shop in Edinburgh next to Greyfriar Bobby's yep. statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same <laughs> I didn't get it from there. My mum bought me this. She got it from uh, from the tax dodgers. <laughs> Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can get them all on Amazon. You can get them from uh, First Second as well, the, the publishing company. Mm. Thank you very much, sir. Um, you know, it's, uh, I know it's, it yeah, probably yeah, says know. more about the limitations of what I know about, but it's amazing to me the impact of Batman Year One, Dave Mazzucchelli, mm, mm. the general look mm. and, and the colour yeah, Cliff yeah. Chang's got Cliff a very Chang similar style. It's just amazing. Every, big yeah. Everything that's going on, you look and go, I can see it there as well, you yeah. know. Yeah. It's good. It's very heavy influence. Yeah, when, I, when I read... Because um, that's quite old now. There's a couple of graphic novels by Paco Roca and yeah. you look at it and the tone and even the... the mm. And you go, that's so Matsukele. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing yeah. that he just did that and then left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you are, four, four yeah. issues by... Yeah. And then he went and did his other stuff. Yep. Yeah, because he did that. He did Born Again Daredevil with Fran Miller. And yeah. And then he I did, think he, he did he an did adaptation of a novel in comic. Um, oh, yeah. The City yeah, of Glass. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I want to say. Yes. Oh, that, that's got some amazing stuff in it, that as um, well. And that's pretty much. He did his own comic that he. Was it Rubber Blanket? Did like three issues of that. Because they're not very much though, but no. it's so influential. And then when he did that Asterios Paul thing, remember three or four years ago? Big one. Mm -hmm. Aster uh -huh. Probably the name doesn't trip off. I think I know what you Asterios Paul. Yeah. I remember like, I mean, reading that a few years ago and it said David Marzakelzi's. Uh, first graphic novel, you know, and I kind of went, what? You know, he's, he's like an 80s guy. And then I kind of thought, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of the first thing he's done on yes, his own, you on know, his own as, a, as a graphic novel in that format. Novel, yeah. yeah. Anyway, this is this this has been very uh, acclaimed, doesn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually managing uh, well one recap, but to yeah. get through the rest of them as well. Because I was really enjoying it. I was I was reading it issue by issue as well, which is something that I don't normally do, and I was actually reading it issue by issue and uh, effectively waiting. Month on month, like, come on, <laughs> come on. I like the War of the Worlds discussion they're having here. Yeah, but there was a massive drop-off. I think it was between 2017-18. Right. And there was like three months or something until the next issue, and that's uh-huh. when I fell off. Right. It was like about issue 12 or 13. Yeah, but it's uh, not regular, right? Yeah, and it's went it's far surpassed, it's mm-hmm. surpassed that now. Uh, the only other things, it's not comics, but I actually got two of Lemmy's books he's done oh, stories God, he's <coughs> a Dundee again isn't he he is and so I'm going to see him you're going yeah because yeah. this is his new book he's, yeah. doing, he's doing a new book um, <laughs> so uh, yeah they're funny as fuck see the, have you seen any of those things he does online yeah they're and so it, stupid and you like uh, what does he call them it's like improvised plays yeah and he just sits and acts over him aye but have you seen he, he, he speaks to people halfway through doing them right, so yeah. somebody will start giving him jib Oh, so he's on a live... Yeah, he's on a live stream yeah. on Twitch or whatever, and he'll be sitting doing this play, and then yeah. he'll all of a sudden just break out of it and go, you shut your boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he sits going, and I'm like, I didn't ask for your opinion. Anyway. Right. That one, <laughs> about, go back that one I saw was uh, about the roast chicken. Did you see yes. That? Oh, God. Look at his neck! Look at his fucking he neck! Said, you, better, you better know that thing better be dead or something. Like, are, you, are you joking? The language. It's you ever watch Lemmy or listen? Oh, yeah, I think you I like know who he is. I think I you know, like him. I know who he is. He's awful. He's just. It's, he's not right. It's really like. It's really like. It's, it's a bit cruel, isn't it? I mean, yeah. It's still moving. <coughs> what do you mean it's still moving? What? Is that indeed? Yeah. Oh, it's Nick. He sets up really well as well because she's like, I'll, "Are you sure? I'll come and help you." And he's like, "No, no, you sit there. I'll do it. I'll do everything." You know. Are you sure? No. Oh, uh, so his books are yeah they're hilarious yeah. absolutely hilarious it's one of them he goes into this full blown detail about this guy uh, like all about his life and oh that's how he acts blah 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 and he does this and he comes in and just speaks to these people he's such a guy he's great blah blah and it's like three or four pages of this thing and it just gets to the very end and he goes aye well long story short he pushed his pants and the bouncer threw him out and that's it and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> You had this full thing of this guy's life and he's just like, ah, mess. What a mess he is. <laughs> and then he's got one story that's upside down. So you're sitting with it like that. And it just says, I just wanted to write a story in so that people will look at you on the bus and go, look at that wee dafty. Yeah. <laughs> Reading his book upside down. Maybe somebody's sitting thinking, he's not right. He's not reading that book. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there we go. Um, I'm halfway through the first one. Um, I'm actually blasting through it first. Mm. I don't normally read books that, that quickly. So mm-hmm. um, The only other things I bought, Death Inc. by Charles H. Raymond. I read the first one of these on uh, Comic House. He, he sent these through for uh, for the Hampton as well, but mm-hmm. I, I, I bought them after the fact as well. Um, I read the first one on, on Comic House just on a, on a whim and uh, really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. It's about a guy who quits his... Uh, Quits his job. He's had enough. The first couple of pages, he quits his job, 
uh, and then he steps outside and gets hit by a bus. Mm. And then he goes into the afterlife and finds out that the afterlife is work. Right. You get assigned a job. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's it. It just goes from there. But I've read the first one. I'm just I'm going to make my way into the into the second one now. But the first one was really good. Really blasted through it. And it's one of these ones where it's like all mm-hmm. like this sort of setup. There is panel work, but it's all right right down the middle, and there's a lot mm. of negative space at the side, kind of thing. Like wee bits like that. But it's always sort of uniform down that way. But yeah, really enjoyable, really good. Um, I like the visuals, and it's got a nice funny style and whatnot to it as well. Mm. And the only other thing was, for a thank you for sending on the hamper, Tony sent us some books. No brag. Oh. The guys that do um, Hilda, the Hilda folk books. Oh, yeah. So he sent us on three different books. Nice. If we wanted to read them, and there's also some postcard prints and a couple of bookmarks. I was going to keep that bookmark. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I've seen it though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're welcome to dig in and have them a read and pass yeah. them around, see if you fancy having a read of them. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So that's my lot. It's an impressive lot. <laughs> Very good. It's really nice about send them on. I've not read them yet. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I so. remember when this came out, Andy Piaggi's. Yeah, he's got a new one out, I think. Yeah. That's perfect. I thought we could just kind of pass them between each other kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Very good. So, I'll go first. Yes. <laughs> and then I'll go, bye. It's <laughs> been nice. <laughs> As I was saying to you earlier on, I sat down. And I just wrote down things that are key from the Bronze Age and comics and uh, collections and characters that were created then. Mm. And it's huge. It's a huge, huge, huge scope. There's so many things there. Yeah. And um, that's, that's the main thing. And one of the things that kind of, in the vast majority, you go through and... Um, so you have the Golden Age, which is you call the first superheroes mm-hmm. in comics. You have the Silver Age, which is kind of to the point where Marvel appears. Mm-hmm. And and you go a revival of the superheroes and you make it in the superheroes with that human sort of element as well to make them more approachable. Yeah. And then you go the Bronze Age which you reach in a point where a lot of the fans that were reading comics, now they're actually making them. Yeah, yeah. And if you go through lots of them of that era, and you notice that it's certainly a, a, a push uh, for social relevance, for social issues okay. that are happening mm-hmm. in the real world. Because for the first time in superhero comics, you're... You're, you're seen talking about politics, about poverty, about drugs, about violence, abuse, about um, capitalism, communism, uh, inequality, mm. uh, and it goes through that. You see that in Green Lantern, Green Arrow, yep. of that era, 
um, uh, with Neil Adams as the artist. Uh, you see that in the first Secret Empire uh, series, there was Steve Englehart and Sal Buzima, Captain America, mm -hmm. where Captain America is framed as the murderer of a, of a crime and it transpires a huge conspiration and it's something to do with corruption in the government. And that was done just after Nixon and the Watergate, yeah. you know, so yeah, yeah. very relevant to that point. You're talking about drugs use as well, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you're talking about in the Neil Adams, Green Arrow, Green Lantern, you know, inequality, about the races, but this one of the stories, I'm just paraphrasing the, the black man, say, oh, you, you're talking about these green men, and you're going to talking about the blue men, and you worry about them, but what about the black men that live here? You know, and talking about these things, and so there's so many things going on, um, and, and it's huge. Yeah. Uh, so that's quite characteristic. But yeah, in that age, that era, I mean, there's stones, especially Marvel, particularly because it's more <coughs> close to, because um, you you look through first appearance of Wolverine, uh, the creation and the the collections and the <coughs> creation of Iron Fist, uh, Sanchi, Master of Kung Fu. The adaptation of Star Wars in comics, yep. the adaptation of Conan the Barbarian in comics, uh, the appearance of Howard the Duck, mm. adaptation of comics of Micronauts. For president. You know, <laughs> you get um, the death of Gwen Stacy, mm -hmm. you know, the first appearance of Punisher, yep. you know, you get Warlock by Jim Starlin, mm -hmm. Captain Marvel by Jim Starlin, mm -hmm. you know, you get the X Men. With the giant size X Men, the first you know when they come, they appear for the first time, and then Clarman and Cockrum ticket in the regular series. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like first appearance of Blade, first appearance mm -hmm. of Blade, first appearance of Moon Knight, mm -hmm. Thanos, Ghost Rider, oh, yeah. you know, Phoenix, Morbius, Werewolf by Night. Uh, I mean, it's just endless. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, people like Frank Miller in Daredevil. He started there. With Roger McKenzie in the scripts and then on his own, and he, he prolonged that yeah. after. Yeah. Uh, it's just amazing, you know. Paul Glassy uh, and in, in Master of Kung Fu, for example, you get uh, Barry Windsor Smith in Conan, John Byrne in Iron Fist, you know, Michael Golden in the Micronauts. Um, I mean, it's just endless. Doc Munch doing uh, the, the writing for Moon Knight and other um, kind of scary monsters and other series of terror. <coughs> the, the appearance of other magazines like Creepy and Eddie and Marvel Fanfare and Bizarre Adventures. You know, it was just an explosion of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, the list is endless. And that was just talking about Marvel. And then, then you have DC and you go like, the first appearance of some thing and you know you go Batman era when the first time Grass at School appeared again Neil Adams doing the art you got you got the fourth wall by Jack Kirby mm -hmm. when Jack Kirby left Marvel and went to DC and he did fourth wall and the demon and mm -hmm. and Mr. Miracle and and, and I mean it's just a, and then when he came back to Marvel he did the Eternals and he <laughs> did you know Black Panther and he did you know mm -hmm. many other things and it's just it's just an explosion of stuff everywhere. It's amazing. It's amazing stuff. That era. Mm -hmm. Certainly.
Yeah. So it's difficult to pick up one thing for me in particular. Mm. Um, so I asked you to narrow down to three. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go for one of them from DC. And it's just at the end of this Bronze Age, but I think it's really, really important to mention. And it's when Alan Moore started his own thing. And it was in 1984. Uh, and he started his something comics. Mm -hmm. um, that there is a before and after that in, in the American comics and in comics in general, I think. And it's well worth it. If you never read it, get that. It's nicely reproduced in three paperbacks. Um, quite affordable to get. Mm -hmm. Start with the first one and just. And it's beautiful. It's mm -hmm. fantastic. So that's one. That's my, one of my top picks. Mm -hmm. uh, from Marvel, I decided to go for. And just because what it meant after that for Marvel and for all the fans, uh, Giant Size X Men. Number one, mm -hmm. so it was here because that was the new beginning and the revamp and the rebirth of the X-Men, which they kind of didn't do very well and they got cancelled the series and then they came back um, <coughs> and then after that the regular series with Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum, I think it was Lynn Wayne did the, the giant size. Right. I think was yeah. he the, the writer, uh, and that was the first time, and um, we're getting this, you know, worldwide different nationalities and mm -hmm. uh, characters coming into this mutant X Men super team, um, and and what it meant because the X Men they become the, the franchise for Marvel in the eighties and up to the nineties, whereas before it was Spider Man. Then it was the X Men yeah. for years and years. Yeah. Uh, so for that, I go for the Uncanny X Men. Oh, see this one here. We went the sky, sky, yeah. Yeah, they're falling over mm -hmm. the sky, and then they all take turns to kind of save each other. <laughs> it's another like like you were saying about you know the the images from the Green Lantern. Yeah, it's just your mind best for me. It's, it's like his cyclops falling towards the tree and yeah. then whoosh, got you. <coughs> good. Great stuff. Dave Cockham was good, eh? And my third pick, Storm, mm. is Daredevil um, <coughs> by family when I mentioned it later on. It's in the early 1980s. Um, this is a Spanish edition of the yeah. Frank Miller um, episodes that he did for Daredevil, and here we see the when Bull's eye, mm -hmm. spoiler alert, kills Electra. Mm -hmm. This is in this episode, and that particular issue is is fantastic. With the Bull's eye, and it's just uh, it's this one here. So yeah, yes. you can have a look through, mm -hmm. and it's beautiful. <coughs> and Frank Miller there, um, it just demonstrated it was the perfect example of how if you have a creative element, if you have a creator mm -hmm. and you give an artist and you give a space to work, they can come with the best yeah. ever. And 
And that's kind of what happened with, with that, because Frank Miller was quite young when he started in Daredevil, he did all bits and bobs, and Daredevil wasn't selling very well, and yeah, they got Roddy McKenzie as a veteran script writer, which he helped at the beginning, and it was, then after that, McKenzie left, and Frank Miller did the, the scripts, the art, and he was left to his own design, devices to do whatever he wanted. Mm. And then he explored all the elements, they did with the appearance of uh, Electra, all the elements with uh, the martial arts, stick. Um, it went through, you know, the deconstruction of the daily superhero yeah. of Matt Murdock, you know, and the whole story. And it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Desire, but I mean, you know, you no. could talk for hours for, you know, especially Jim Starlin, Captain Marvel. I was very close to bringing Captain Marvel with Jim Starlin, especially for the death of Captain Marvel. That is a comic that every time I read, I still cry. I was very close to bringing the Avengers versus Thanos, which had Captain Marvel gaining cosmic powers. Yes. And you look at his face and you see planets and stars yes. just swirl oh, on his face. face. So, yeah, that's. Those are my. Uh, picks and then I went through and I just picked up a couple of few comics that I think to me are representative of that era so that is mm. one of the mm. Conan the Barbarian that's yeah. uh, nice that one is another one. Uh, MB. Mm. That's another one. Mm. Yes. Which is beautiful. And this is a personal favorite of mine. Mm. Which is Avengers number 10. Which Dave knows. Mm. He knows. I don't know you have this. You know you ha I have that one? That's a nice one. It's mm -hmm. really nice, one of my favorites by Michael Golden and the writer Chris Cronin. Yeah. First appearance of Rogue, first appearance of Madeline Pryor as a child. Mm -hmm. Years there. Really? Yeah, yeah. The beginning of the story is a, it's a oh. child. It's called oh, Maddie Pryor. This is the first appearance. Oh. So. <coughs> I knew it was Rogue. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm -hmm. But the art is just. When I saw that comic, that was the first comic I read of Michael Golden. Really? This yeah. one? Yeah, one of the very first Avenger comics. Oh, yeah. I had my hands on. But I thought, this is incredible. Just the art, I looked through it. I was looking at other comics and I thought, this guy is a genius. Mm -hmm. How on earth can he put so much detail on it? Yeah. It, it looked so... I'm looking for so there's so much plasticity and movement and emotion and detail and everything. I thought, oh, it's just great. And I, I remember I was reading and reading and reading again. So it's one of my personal favorites. So years ago, I was in a comic convention, I think I was in Bending or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I saw that in one of the boxes and they were selling it. And it was, you know, I had to pay some money for it, but yeah. I thought, no, yeah, I'm gonna get this. Worth it, yeah. I think I paid about what, 10 or something like that. Right. right. I thought, no, yeah, it's a. And now, I think it's this month 
or next month is being reprinted mm. uh, and uh, the one dollar the oh yeah those ones that matter it's it's because of or... yeah true believers yeah because of the Captain Marvel film mm. yeah do you feel sexy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I know someone that would <laughs> yeah Conan is just fantastic but it's just made the stuff beautiful so yeah to me that's and that's another one from the era and that's the that's another one I more prefer personal favorites <coughs> just because of the art particularly the Kree scroll war the Avengers Roy Thomas and Neil Adams again mm. these covers were interesting weren't they not yeah. one image five different yes. side for this for that for this for yeah that, that covers is uh, yeah interesting we are doing but that's you know 1982 one that says or 81 yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there you are Please go war. Silence. Everyone is enjoying it. Yeah. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good sign. Everyone mm -hmm. is quiet. Mm -hmm. Nobody says anything. Thank you, Nando. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, indeed. <laughs> so, yeah, that just... Uh, I know that not necessarily, you know, but to me, those are quite important. Um, and it means something. And yeah, I mean, I love Master of Kung Fu. I love Hyrule Fist as well. So, I mean, I could have brought any of those. Yes. It's just so difficult to pick up something. To pick up just three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because when you, when you said let's do Bronze Age, I was thinking, yeah, okay. And then I was thinking about it. And I thought, that's it's like so vast. early 70s to mid 80s. It's like you're basically talking about all the comics that came out my entire childhood then. that's what we're picking from here yeah essentially different <laughs> all the American stuff certainly yeah so in the end I just grabbed you know and the thing is yeah, I'm talking about Marvel and DC but yeah. you know you hire guys like Robert Crumb mm -hmm. Peter Bach yeah. Dave Sim yeah. they started then mm -hmm. <coughs> and that's when they became yes. you know Amongst others, I mean, just just to name a few, <coughs> that's like a whole history <coughs> of the underground independent <coughs> comedy. Yeah. Um, but you know, you got all these guys, you know, more uh, more than the me. I mean, it's, but I mean, that's just yeah, big, big era. It's a huge, huge era. There's a if you have the chance to 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 read any of this stuff, try to mm. grab it and read it because there's mm. lots of stuff very well produced. And the thing is, perhaps at that time, some of these comments did not sell well. That Many of them got cancelled. Mm. And now they're being reproduced yeah. and, and selling again, you know, and suddenly they, they realize that actually that material mm -hmm. is a hundred times better than a lot of striking in the 90s. <laughs> I think, I think the, a lot of the, the bronze, a lot of the bronze age stuff from what you see is what the poach for the the films and everything as well. Yes, yes, yes. <sighs> yeah. Indeed. Well, I brought a few as well, and I did just keep it to three. That or did I? No, I did four. And <gasps> you, he beat you. Three, three. He had, he had the nerve. To look down on my list of 3,000 favourite films. I did. 
Three just, only, you get an honourable mention. Okay, right. Well, as I, as I just said, yeah, pretty much anything I was reading as a kid could have, could have came into it. So, the, the one, one I thought of from the mid-70s was this. <laughs> Death, Death of Long Dead Demolisher. Yes! Rich, Rich Butler. Yes. Ne- 1974. So, um... Astonishing Tales. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read this comic as a kid. This was reprinted, yeah. You've got that part of that reprint. And, but, so to me, late 70s, I was reading this. And it's, um... Well, for anybody that doesn't know Deathlock, he's he's kind of he's a cyborg, and he's kind of like later on in a RoboCop. Yeah. And it's very like Deathlock. Oh, and he has the computer voice that talks <coughs> him in the head all the time. So this was, I really enjoyed this at the time, and you know some of this was quite yeah groundbreaking at the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. for yeah. for the mainstream comics as well. Well, that's the thing. There's so many elements introduced at that time. Yeah. Some of these elements were introduced by Kirby mm-hmm. and Esteranko yes. in the late 60s. But then you get people like Rick Buckley, like <coughs> Neil Adams, like Michael Golden, Frank Miller, and they get all those elements and they take it and they put it They're very, and, yes. and exploit it even more. They're very influenced by it and they use a lot of that stuff. Working with the paneling, working with the light, the yes. kind of scudo, the perspective. And he did, he did this, uh, he did a Salvador Dali kind of, maybe it's not in this one, but you know, oh, like that, he's, he's up on just, that thing. Oh, it's just crazy. That, that's upside mm-hmm. down, yeah. Though, yeah. It's like the Christ. Yeah, thing. it's like the yeah. Salvador Dali painting, yeah. but he actually does it full on, like he's copied the, the, the pose at a certain point. So this was all quite rougher edged. So this is yeah, this would be an example of the sci-fi kind of yeah. last different takes. Yeah. And we're getting into horror monster comics again. Seventies yes. Frankenstein. Temple Dracula. Werewolf by night. You Werewolf by night. Yeah. I think there was a. <coughs> I think there might have been an idea that superheroes maybe fallen away a bit. Man thing. Yeah. Man thing from Marvel. other things, you know. Appeared, you know, and and you also got Blade and Ghost Rider. Yeah. All these guys. And all of those, uh, I mean, Ghost Rider, I remember reading Ghost Rider as a kid and I just thought, I can't believe this. I can remember, like, this guy was amazing. And I still think it's amazing. He's he's sitting on a bike, his head's on fire, you know, it's it's a skull. Yeah. That's the one that really, when they were making films and they were doing like Hulk, Spider-Man, blah, blah, and then they went, and the next one is Ghost Rider. I just remember sitting going, all bets are off, man. They're making a film now where it's Ghost Rider. Yeah. Who has a skull on a motorbike with his head on fire. Yeah. And it's Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider. I remember sitting going, you know, it's just like, <laughs> what's happening here? That's the one that got me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know now they go, oh, Rocket Raccoon and, and all this. Mm. But to me, Ghost Rider was where it was the one went. They're going to do everything. Yeah. They're going to yeah. do absolutely everything. Yeah. So, someone else. Uh, re- do you know, I was thinking with the Bronze Age comics and the likes of this one here, Superman, <clears throat> from, I think this is early 80s, Ross Andrew. But there's a, I find them so cosy, you know, mm-hmm. Bronze Age comics. Even, I mean, I got this maybe two years ago, mm. and I've got such nostalgic feelings for it, even though I've had it for two years, yeah. and it's the whole format of it, it's 
it's the, it's just the format of comic, what comics were mm -hmm. when I was reading them as a kid, and it just I I think I've said to you before I sometimes think I could just lose my mind and read Superman comics yeah. for the rest of my life, mm -hmm. just sit and read them, yeah, like a, like a vegetable, yeah, you know, and because I just enjoy it. I it, totally agree with yeah, you with that on the in that era and the whole. Yeah, I don't know what to read if, or for any reason <coughs> oh I want to read something or I just go and just pick up something from that era from yeah. the 70s and early 80s and it's it's cozy it's comfy mm -hmm. it's you know that it's, comfort it is it's comfort it's food isn't it comfort food for your mind but even like to me yeah, comfort right. food is also like the Star Wars the, the Star Wars comics yeah but to me again I feel like they've went a bit further but yeah, with Star Wars, it's like I appreciate the uh, the artists and things. And, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. Ta and This seems <gasps> to be even more brainless to me. Like, you know, it just, I'm just, it just gets <coughs> me. Like Kurt Swan drawn Superman, you know. I just, I just love that. Mm. It's just, it's I just even read the, this. Is the Superman to you? Yeah, I just bought this and went Carson and read or it. And read this. Yes. That's, and that's, that's so stupid. That's your Superman. Yeah, the whole story is so idiotic. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. And it, and it's even kind of boring. But you could read it any time. Yeah. So I hope I'm getting towards a kind of a feeling of Bronze Age. And the Marvel Bronze Age does have that as well. Oh yeah. And the DC and even the like Charlton comics and things because you used to get six million dollar man comics. Used to get them in news agents, yeah. and they were great as well. And that, look at this lizard aliens man. Yeah, because in that era there was a lot of adaptations, TV adaptations, of Star yes. Trek. Yeah. Key. Gold like, Key. Yeah. Gold Key comes with lots of adaptations, like Star Trek, Planet of the Apes, Marvel did some Planet of the Apes, and then. Yeah, so know. I just want to represent Superman, and like DC Comics presents Superman oh, teaming yes. up with other people yes. every issue. Marvel did the Spider-Man <coughs> team up. You know, it's probably tied in as well. That that was the main superhero movies of the time. Superman films were great, so I, I would read the comics if I saw them in the shop. You know, another so one from the era from Marvel, Marvel Two in One. Yeah, the thing. It was the thing, and another superhero from the Marvel Universe. <coughs> yeah, I can read those stories anytime. I don't know some of them were stupid and was silly, but you uh, know what? Like Spider-Man team up. That was one of my favorite <coughs> Because yeah. you could go to the news agent, just pick up one, and you knew you had that story. Mm. <laughs> Complete. Complete. Yeah. And they tell you, oh, next week you're going to see, you know, Nick Fury. Oh, he's going to be the foul. Oh, whoever I was invited. And then, okay, maybe I'll get him, maybe I don't know. But, you know, funnily enough, I was reading the British Spider-Man Weekly around about 84 to about 85 or 86. And at that time, Marvel UK... They they were uh, they were holding off the black costume because they were like thinking do do the public in Britain want a Spider-Man comic where he doesn't look like Spider-Man anymore you know so they held it off successfully for about a year and what they did was print all the Marvel team-ups instead because they were very much disconnected yes. from the main continuity yeah. Because it was like the middle of like 85 or something when they started Secret Wars in yeah. Britain. Mm. So that's um, that's Superman, Kurt Swan. The other thing, late 70s, that I wanted to kind of represent was, like you said, Star Wars, 
adaptations mm. and this one Battlestar Galactica mm. adaptation mm. and this was a great little comic as well and it was uh, Ernie, Ernie <coughs> Colon Ernie Colon I uh, love it Walt Simonson did some as well I yes and this and the first I mean the arts I mean it's pretty nice look at that I mean that's pretty nice <coughs> I don't know if you watched that series ever. I did. Yeah, I did watch the original. Yes. Yes, our, our pal Dirk Benedict. Uh, yes, he's our it. personal friend who you single handedly rescued. Thank isn't it? Again, <laughs> just to, you to remind us. <laughs> but yeah, Ernie Colon, 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 he's a good artist and, he, and his style come, does come through in this. It isn't just bog standard nonsense, you know, he's got a definite you style. You know what's the a wee bit. There's some of Dill Kane mm -hmm. in the, the way that it does certain shapes. I always think his lines are quite thin, and yeah. which is nice. It's kind of you can imagine him going blah, 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 and scribbling it out <laughs> just like that. It's nice. <laughs> so this was good, and I must admit, Battlestar Galactica is another one of those series that I'm just gently, as the years got, as the decades go by, picking up another issue. You know, okay. so just there's before, like Power Park, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. is another one. Just because I, I really like the show as well. Yeah, yeah I, I did. Show. I did like it. Oh, it's a nice show. Yeah. And it's been, was uh, a lunchtime. So you heard that? And it was yeah. in the summer that they put it on, so that was great after yeah. school. There was no school. So Logan's after Run lunch. comic as well. There's, there's a few adaptations. Logan's Run is another one. Mm -hmm. uh, George Perry. Yeah. The Logan's Run. Yeah. And uh, there were lo there were lots of that at that time. Do you know what? You even have like the man from Atlantis. Yes. Comic. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's another one. There were yeah. lots of there that was a tons. Maybe that's maybe you've no uh, saw that. Nah, but no. Tom is like something went over my head. No, I was actually. I was actually. <laughs> Duffy. I was actually I thinking prisoner, but oh, prisoner. Prisoner as well. Yeah. That was actually. Jackie with his son. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, who did it? Because it wasn't Jackie with his son, it was someone else. But that, new, that new book they brought about, Gil Kane did about that, didn't Yes. It? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> so that's that. And and the last thing I've got, just to represent. Get rid of Secret <coughs> World. Secret World. Because when I was thinking about it, Secret, like the, the Bronze Age, it kind of. Does go mid eighties, wasn't it? Because I was and thinking mid eighties, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking, like, when you get Dark Knight and Watchmen, that's, that's Bronze Age anyway. That is no, modern. That's modern age. And then I was thinking, well, what's before that? And I thought, that just Secret Wars. No Secret Wars too, but Secret <coughs> Wars. And I think Secret Wars, in a way, <gasps> was a Zoe's It was a thing <laughs> of um, all the characters in the story, and at the time, I almost felt like it was the culmination. Mm. of the Marvel Universe you know they kind of sold it to you like that I think and I took it that way that all the Marvel comics in a way had been reading up to this leading up to this storyline where they're all yeah. together this is the end of times you know <coughs> so I kind of think maybe that yeah that'll do is the, the end of the, the golden yeah to me the, that the was silver, uh, the, the, the Secret Wars okay, is yeah. the end of the Bronze could, Age for Marvel comics that, yeah. for, for Marvel yeah because there was a, a before and after of the Secret Wars yes if, uh, I, was, if I was to ever doubt ever the, doubt the, the, the uh, 
the, the smell, I would just love to smell this. There it is, Butterside Lad oh. is a great smelling comic. Tom feels sexy just now. I yeah. feel so sexy. Because he's just the smell of the comic. You don't need computer graphics to make a picture look <coughs> good. No, that's no, the thing. No. This. You could do this sort of... Oh, well, Vision of the Body Snatchers. Classic. Yes. Love that. You know, you don't need that. <coughs> Guys like that, Ernie Colon. Yeah, or it's good. As you mentioned with Blade Runner as well, you didn't... This sort of artist, so they knew. Beautiful. So this one that I've got here is Secret Wars Two. So it's not the, it's not really the real deal. But no. I, 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 um, I did have a Secret Wars special like this that I, I thought I knew where it was, and I was going to bring that, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't there. So no. So I grabbed this. Um, that's not that's it. That's, that's it. it. I, I failed. <laughs> so just for you, I'll have a look at you know. Mm. Mike, would you mind terribly if I just. Uh, if I went first, yeah, so sure. That's okay, because I, because I, I, I think I can smash the mind pretty quickly. So okay. Um, well, it's already been mentioned, but uh, Swamp Thing, <laughs> Alan Moore. But I picked a specific issue. My specific issue. Issue number twenty-four. Roots. Saga of the Swamp Thing, May nineteen eighty-four. Wow. GLA. With Justice League, yeah. yeah. Um, <coughs> it's basically the climax of the the Woodru wood, wood um, mm -hmm. fight. This has kind of been building up for a while. He's been disguising himself as a human for so long and he's kind of had enough. The fact that it's got a JLA in it, the fact that it's Alan Moore, Alan Moore and Stephen Visit, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, <coughs> tail end uh, just before the, the modern age May, May 84 definitely but I was saying to Nando there it's kind of that is true horror that issue I was trying to get to the bit when the GLA actually come down to take him away after he's had this kind of battle with Swamp Thing and they go to take him away and he's using this spray to disguise himself but he's still got that face on mm. and he sprays it all over his face and it's the skin hanging off of that face mm. and he's going, oh, I'm, I'm so-and-so. Like, he uses his human name. Oh, there we go. Uh, call me Jason. I'm one, I'm one of you. I'm human. Mm. And it's like all hanging off of his face and dripping down and everything. Nothing wrong with me, you know. I think they take him to Arkham. Yeah, I guess so. Kill <coughs> what happened out here. You know they've got the Justice League. Don't have a clue. Don't know what's going on. Yeah, they're, they're looking at this whole situation, and being like, "Fucking plants! What's what's happening here?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Russian has supermans with that as well, which is a very iconic image mm -hmm. against that blood moon. See how Superman took his cape off and put it on, and like yeah, yeah. almost like a, a comfort factor. Yeah, yep. It was good. It was just, that whole issue is truly like horrific, yeah. and it really gets you like all the visuals and everything. Like I was saying, <clears> very much uh, like all these sort of blurred lines and everything, mm -hmm. big stretched out faces, and there's a lot of like empathy going on his face and whatnot as well. But it just looks all creepy and weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really enjoyed that. And then Warlock. 
great cover that. Yeah, that is the uh, the start of the. Now, do you say Magus or Magus? Mm, we were talking about that as well. Well, ma- I say Magus, but I've no idea how to say it. Yeah, I say Magus. Right. And you? Whether that's right or not. Yeah. But it's the start of that saga. Um, and obviously, I think that's the start of the Starlin run as well, isn't it? Is this not his first go at Warlock yes. as well? The good thing about that first issue is Strange Tales one number one seventy eight February nineteen seventy five, mm-hmm. um, and it's actually it says like featuring Warlock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Warlock. Yeah. Um, it gives you that. Um, it gives you that recap of the whole history of the character. Very yeah. wordy as well, but yeah. really well done. You know, he's fighting Thor and mm-hmm. everything, and there's a, he's cocoon and. Gives you everything. Gives you all the comics he was guest star. Yeah, mm-hmm. and all just in like these single. Yeah. Is that Hitler there? <coughs> yeah. From from the alternative Earth, yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Jesus as well. Doctor Doom, by the looks of it. And what looks like a sort of Conan the Barbarian hand <laughs> going on here. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just a lot of things. It gives you that really good that really good recap. Starlin always uh, seems to like the Hulk. He's yeah, likes to put the Hulk in things. Yep. Which is just good. a little appearance here and there. Because, well, th- this will be the recap of the Hood Warlock in a yeah. couple of Hulk issues as yeah. a guest. So they'll have put that into his story. Oh, look, here we are. Look, it's in here. Look, it's here. This is all from it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The issues. But that's. This is where the. Uh, ah, see, right, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I'm. Oh, no, you're right. No, no. But then they start, this oh, is not wow. where they start to give them the key to everything as well, yeah. is in this sort of era. Yeah. Good to see the artists can have a lot of fun here. Yeah. That's Jim Starlin. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's, it's, I think it's amazing when you go back to the, the start and the, and the thing, it's like Jim Starlin, writer, artist, wow. colourist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just sort of looking at it going, fuck off. Like, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. There's not many Marvel titles have got, you know, one name, mm-hmm. everything. That's right. As we were speaking about and then it's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Annette does this letter. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, as I've, uh, I, I wrote notes here, start of the mm-hmm. Magus uh, saga, beautiful art, mm-hmm. uh, batshit story, truly cosmic. Yeah. It really is, like, <laughs> I, I can't think of a more, like, like, just these visuals are just oh, utterly insane. That's so physical as well. Yeah. So everything's really got impact on other things, you know, as well. It's just, history. it's fucking mental. It is mental. See that page, that last page before, that one there? Oh, that one. Well, when, when I, I mean, the impact of this, when I read it, mm-hmm. it was such that I was probably like six or seven and they were reprinting this black and white mind you yeah, yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. even starker <laughs> and it was all this mad stuff and you know that he's like I swear to protect you and then she gets killed yeah and then he's furious about that and then he brings her back to life just like oh, can you just leave me alone yeah I mean it was so mind bending <laughs> to, I mean you'd bought this comic because you liked Star Wars when you were mm. six and this was all going on you know and, and this whenever I see this even these things, these kind of tricks of layout and things, and still when I see that, <coughs> still when I see that, I see written along the bottom, continued next week. Yeah, yeah. You know, because the cut and bit, 
It was, it was cosmic. I just like, I get totally blown away by it. Yeah. Because if I was younger and reading this, yeah. I'd be scared shitless. Yeah, it was. Because I'd look at it and be like, well. what the fuck? And the monsters are scary. That, that would oh. petrify me. Yes. But seeing it now. Do you believe he was evil? Yeah. Absolutely. Malevolent. It's just like the visuals are utterly And the world stunning. going mad there. Yeah. All the perspective of the universe. But everything is just, it's, it's utterly stunning. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so that's... I think one. it is a great series. It is. It, it truly is. And uh, my last one here. Mr. Miracle. Number two. June 1971. Jack Kirby. Mm. Ace cover. Oh yeah. <laughs> Look at that cover. That's great. Granny Time goodness. has run out. It's too late <coughs> to escape. I can't save you, Mr. Miracle. Mm-hmm. Also meet Granny Goodness. Mm-hmm. There's three blades running towards What else do we meet in that comic, I wonder? Mm. Not in issue two. <laughs> oh well, okay then. Not till later. Did the, uh, the female furies come up? But uh, yeah, it's uh, Granny Goodness and the the ex pet and everything are all in this issue and oh, just amazing, utterly amazing. It's just Kirby at his best and like he's flying in on those discs and everything. Yeah, and yeah. wild. Those things he it's the first time it shows up because yeah. it didn't show up in the first issue. He falls into that hole, and then it's just like insane from there on out because then he's all of a sudden in a glass box that looks like it's floating and there's fire and, and gas and water and everything all thrown into one and, and sludge and you know it's just mental mm-hmm. it's utterly mental and then he just kind of breaks out and she's like what the fuck like, how did you do this you know it's amazing yeah it is utterly amazing I love it absolutely love it and that, that but that cover just Absolutely takes it. That's a brilliant cover. It is. And also, there's that as well. That's from the front of the, from the front of the book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. From the reprint. Uh, fucking strike over, Lord. Yeah. I'll be. Just saying. Brilliant. Just brilliant. <coughs> but uh, I noted here, Ace cover, iconic visuals slash characters fight with Granny Goodness and the expert. <sighs> the first issue was great. Mm-hmm. The whole like mafiosa yeah. thing and mm-hmm. uh, you know the original Mister Miracle, his big Santa Claus type beard yeah, on the go. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. But I think issue two definitely takes it. Mm-hmm. And there is loads more in that series. It's just utterly fantastic. But I do always come back to that that second issue, and that's where you're getting the glimpse of everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Superb. So there you go. Sorry, Mike, I didn't want to interrupt you. Ah, was... Okay. I thought, why restrict ourselves to the action comics when mm-hmm. a big portion of them are actually humanist ones found in newspapers? Although, partway through this, Garfield puts on a cape and becomes the Cape Avenger. <laughs> so, this is one of Jim Davis's uh, uh, combined volumes on some of the Garfield stories. And uh, some of them have an over, you know, there'll be a story that is, it runs over through five or six pages and mm. then you go back to another arc and then you have some one-off scenes and then you <coughs> arc again. But uh, I, 
I, I, I was always a big fan of Garfield. More of the older ones than, uh, than some of the new ones. Mm. I like the old style the, the best, but that one's more sort of at the 1984. Uh, so it's at the very near the end of the uh, Bronze Age. First ones were a bit... I think they were they, they kind of matched the, uh, the the error. Plus, Garfield himself is the same age as me, <laughs> although I am a month older than him. The, the first comic came out when you June seventy eight, right? And I was May seventy eight. Yeah. Although when he was first shown, he was an adult. So uh, yeah. I always but, forget about Garfield. Sounds really daft, but I do. I always forget about him. Well, remember, uh, during the 80s, he was so big that when John Menzies, they used to sell an enormous range of cuddly toys, <coughs> and there were so many of them that they, they would just be like one stack of cuddly toys of Garfield, and then around the corner you've got everything else. Yeah, I always remember the, them being stuck to people's windows. Yeah, people, people used to break into cars just to steal the suction cup Garfields. And then there was that uh, there was that naked video sketch where the guy that plays Jamesy Cotter in Ramsey Nesbitt, he's playing a different character, he's breaking into a car, and all you see is a Garfield suction cup toy, it's like that, and his eyes move round, and all of a sudden you see this killer Garfield mauling this robber. <laughs> here's, here's one of these big, big bad boys I've got. But um, it's black and white though, but still it's... Mm -hmm. I do like black and white stuff. Mm -hmm. This is Batman, the Brave and the Bold, and this is throughout the early 70s. And as the cover suggests, he teams up with the Joker. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't just do that, he, he teams up with Etrigan in the first uh, chapter. Oh, yes. Um, he teams up with Plastic Man, and Green Arrow's in here. Um, I think Dead Man, or, or yeah, Dead Man's in here. But it gives you a good example of uh, early 70s Batman. There's Etrigan. I've got this issue in my house. Yeah? Yeah, believe it or not. Is it the colour one? Yeah, Batman <laughs> and the Demon, yeah. Jim Aparo. And the other one I brought was uh, the Mighty Thor from the, from the late 70s. And uh, I read this one quite a while back, but here he is, like, battling gods from other dimensions and... Battling demons, battling celestials in here. Um, it's in colour, and oh yeah, he's also battling the uh, the destroyer. But it's like classic Thor. There's there's hardly a few pages go past before he's like smashing in some some adversary. Yeah. This was before the uh, Walt Simonson stories involving Peter Ray Bill and Saltar. Perfect. Good. Well, a bronze age. Yeah. Good, thank you. Yeah, have a look. To send us any comments or questions, or just to say hello, you can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com We're also available on Instagram and Twitter at thatcomicsmell Share the podcast with your friends and followers. We're available on YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Our music is by Chart Smasher. 
aka John Adam. You can find John on Twitter at Joe Needham and you can buy the track Dial-Up on Bandcamp.